Let us pray. May our thoughts, words, and actions be holy and acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Last week was Trinity Sunday, and on that day we heard Jesus give the great commission to his disciples. It's when he sent the disciples out into the world to all nations, encouraging to baptize and to preach the good news. This week in our Gospel reading, we hear another sending out of the disciples. This time, the sending out is from the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And this sending out doesn't begin with some great and grand plan, but in a simple normal, everyday moment. Jesus, as he's going around and ministering to people and teaching and healing, saw the tremendous amount of need and was moved to compassion. He saw people suffering, people who were ravaged by illness, people who couldn't see a way forward. People distraught and worn down by the cares of the world, and compassion welled up inside of him. The divine heart responded to the ardent cries of the world around him and was compelled to act. But it was more than he could handle on his own. The plentiful harvest was more than he could manage. So Jesus extends his ministry through his disciples. He empowers them to be participants within his own ministry, to carry out that work on his behalf. In partnership with Jesus, these disciples now had power over the evil forces active in this world. They could cure disease and offer people comfort and a hopeful future. But it's what comes next that captures my attention. Jesus' instructions on how they were to go about extending his ministry. Jesus tells them, you received without payment, give without payment. Take no gold or silver or copper in your belts, no bag for your journey or two tunics, or sandals, or a staff, for laborers deserve their food. Now this is shocking. This should be astounding. The disciples were sent out to participate in Jesus' ministry with virtually nothing. No money, not even a change of clothes. I don't think any of us would go out on a venture equipped in such a way. Ulrich Lutz, the theologian, claims that this is a way of establishing that Jesus' ministry was different from other wandering, itinerant miracle workers and teachers of the first century. You see, there were many people going around performing wonders and teaching and sharing spiritual advice at this time, but they were all charging for their services. They were all doing it to get something back. It was a way of earning a living. But not Jesus. 
by refraining from this, by being different from this, Jesus brings the motive back to sacred compassion. This isn't about something else. It's about compassion. It's about love for the people that were around him. Jesus wasn't out to become famous or wealthy. He wasn't out to be some sort of first century equivalent of a celebrity tele-evangelist. He was there to save people. Save people physically and spiritually. And while this emphasized contrast between Jesus' ministry and the ministry of other people at the time, it makes sense and it, and it points things out differently, but I think perhaps there might be some deeper message for us this morning, something perhaps more profound that's going on here. And I think that that idea is is the idea that the disciples were enough in and of themselves to carry out God's work in the world. They didn't need the fancy incantations of other miracle workers. They didn't need lots of money. They didn't even need the right clothes. Just they themselves were enough. Part of what's so shocking about this part of the reading for me is is the current state of things in our own conceptions of what ministry is. If I look around my room right now, I, I have commentaries, a notebook, a couple different Bibles, a book of common prayer, sort of hymnal combo, a laptop, a ring light like the kind Instagram influencers use so that my face is properly illuminated, I'm wearing a cassock and surplice and a stole, of which I have several. And, you know, we could keep going on listing of all the things that's necessary for this morning. I'm powerfully struck by how different this is from Jesus' discalced disciples and their single tunics and absence of bags. Now, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. The tools that we surround ourselves with, that we use, are what enable us to gather here together on a Sunday morning as Trinity Church. If we didn't have these things, how else would we be able to come together in worship and in prayer? Our focus should be directed towards the fact that these are just tools. They're not things that make us participant in Jesus' ministry. They're just tools that we are using in that ministry. I wonder what other things we conceive of as necessary to be ministers of the gospel. In our denomination and in most denominations of Christianity, a three-year degree, an MDiv, is required for ordination. Three years of study, both practical and theoretical, or maybe we think of specialized formation. Maybe it's formation to be a deacon or education for ministry, and, and, and all of these things are good things, and they enable us to do our work better, but I think this is exactly what our gospel lesson today pushes against. While these tools are helpful, they're not necessary to engage in Jesus' work. We are enough in and of ourselves to participate in Jesus' ministry. 
And just as the disciples were sent out 2,000 years ago, we too are called to be an extension of this holy ministry in the world. We ourselves, just as we are, we don't need to carry the currency of a right education. We don't need the garments of a special office or position within a society to respond to Jesus. Jesus calls to us right where we are and right as we are and says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So what awakens sacred compassion within you? as Jesus was moved to compassion. What are the things that you see in the everydayness of your lives, in the world that you walk around in, that elicit this feeling of compassion? Maybe it's the injustice of racism, the injustice of individual racism and systemic racism, the things that we are seeing so vividly in our world today, where the color of your skin determines how people treat you, including those who are vowed to serve and protect. Maybe it's the plight of those who have been imprisoned, Maybe it's the physical hunger around us. Maybe it's the spiritual hunger that seems to be everywhere around us that creates compassion within your soul. Maybe it's the prevalent struggles with mental health or addiction. The things that keep us from being the full creatures that God created us to be. Maybe it's the plight of people who have seemed to have lost their way and are living without hope. Whatever it is, I think it's worth taking time to think about what stirs compassion within you, because this stirring of compassion within us is from God, and it's where God is calling us to work. It's sort of an indicator, a signal of what work we should be engaged in. And the good news is, we have everything we need to participate in Jesus' ministry. We're enough. Don't wait for some day when you think you're somehow good enough or possess the correct tools and all the right things or think that it's the perfect moment, because that moment will never come. The harvest is plentiful now, and the laborers are few now, and you, in partnership with God, is enough now. Amen.